Hello, this is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia. With a message to those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, which is only what can satisfy the inner core of your being. Ultimate destiny, meaning and purpose. You were created for that. It is innate in you that there are those longings. That's a God-shaped vacuum within you. I'm here to share with you the reality of this. Not only what is for your life individually, but is the reason for which all things consist and exist. And so for those that are new, go to my website at ultimatemeaning.com where I have a flip book with very original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me, which has lots highlighted in red print, which are links to amazing and very profound videos on YouTube and so on that highly confirm the reality of what I am saying from many fields of science and archaeology and other areas. This message is given seeking to allow God to speak through me prophetically. It says in 1 Peter 4.11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. We, when we gather together, are to seek to allow God to speak through us by his Spirit. This happens, as is, as is explained in Revelations 19.10, which reads, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is is the spirit of prophecy. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, out of great humility and reverence and love for God, we are filled with his spirit in an overflow beyond ourselves that can result in creative utterances that are coming from the spirit of God. It comes out of worship. And so I will seek to be in a heart set and mindset of worship, that I may speak as the oracles of God. Furthermore, The Word of God uses in many places in the Old Testament and also it was in, used by the early church, the casting of lots. And so to facilitate speaking prophetically, I will seek two chapters each day by the casting of lot before the Lord. This is done through two independent random applications on the internet that can choose the possibility of any chapter. So I will meditate then on those two chapters and immediately after preach on them, which is the case today. On July, pardon me, on August the 1st of 2022, Monday morning. I also cast lots to get a particular worship song to go with the message. Out of a hymn book of 1,080 hymns, and there will be other ones from other sources as well. I am sometimes led by the casting of lot, other times other ways to get these songs. Today it's by the casting of lot from that hymn book, which consists of hymns throughout church history, but also many from the underground church and China under the persecution. When This is when Watchman Nee and his co-workers were persecuted. He was martyred in 1972. Many of these songs are very, have very deep 
wonderful meaning and are very edifying. And so such is the song that I got by lot today. How that fits in with the chapters, I do not know. What I'm going to say, I do not know. I am just going to be in a heart and a mindset of worship and preach as the Spirit gives utterance. And so here today, I first of all will play this beautiful worship song that I received by the casting of Lot. Oh 
objective is my prize to be real in me and rich and sweet. All inclusive is my prize to be. Indeed, that is something we need to remind ourselves of, especially when going through trials. That he that is within us is greater than he that is within the world. And indeed, we do experience as we turn with our heart unto him and seek him in prayer, the comfort of his presence subjectively indwelling us and speaking to our inner being. And today I want to share with you now the two chapters that I received by the casting of Lot before Yahweh, the Almighty's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the two chapters I received. Today is Daniel chapter 8, which is a powerful vision that Daniel received. And the other one is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is a powerful vision that Paul the Apostle experienced of being caught up into paradise. And so God is led to these two chapters by the casting of Lot today. And so first of all, I want to read from the one that I received first, which is Daniel chapter 8. And I'm just going to read certain parts of Daniel chapter 8. And I will turn there also in the uh, scripture as well to that particular passage. Beginning at verse 23, we read, And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand and he shall magnify himself in his heart. And by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning, which was told is true, wherefore shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days. Afterward, I rose up and did the king's business. And I was astonished at the vision, but none under stood it. Now, in this passage, it points out that he magnifies himself in his heart. Paul the Apostle, in 1 Corinthians 12, has a vision also, but is aware of how easy it is to become proud and mentions the messenger of Satan that was used to humble him lest he become puffed up and exalted too highly among people. 
for the vision that he received. So there is a common theme in both of these chapters of the importance of humility and of the danger of pride and where it leads. As we see, that is the very seed and core of the spirit of the Antichrist. It exalts itself against God in its own sufficiency to actually replace God and say, I am equal to God. I don't need God. Now, in Daniel chapter 8, Daniel experiences great weakness in this vision. And so maybe I will go back, if I can get it, to Daniel chapter 8. Here we are. And we go down towards the last half of Daniel chapter 8. And I know the part I read was only verse 23, but there's some other parts here that I think are very important in Daniel chapter 8 of this vision. And so we read this. Beginning in verse 9, And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. This makes it clear that the location from which the Antichrist springs forth is south of Israel, but north of Egypt. It's toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land, which is referring to Israel, that this little horn springs forth. So it's toward Israel, but it is also toward the south and toward the east. That would indicate that toward the pleasant land is the northward and the south is Egypt. And it's where would that be? This is in a place located today very close to where there's the city Dubai, which is called today and known today as becoming the center of commerce for the whole of the world and of especially the Middle East. And it is now literally called the city of gold, which is referred to in the word of God, that the Antichrist will come out of a city that is literally called the city of gold, called also Babylon. And so we will go to that passage of scripture now. But maybe before we go, we'll continue to read here in Daniel. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. And this is talking about angels. So this Antichrist that begins to exalt himself somewhere probably in Dubai as God, he actually casts down angelic powers from the heavens and stamps upon them. And then it says in verse 11, Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, which would be referring, I assume, to Jesus Christ. And by him, the daily sacrifice was taken away. The temple was restored in Israel at this time. It's restored. And they are doing daily sacrifices, which they are on the verge of now bringing forth, by the way. 
And the place of his sanctuary was cast down, and the host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of the transgression that is in the people of God that are doing these sacrifices uh, as faithful Jews seeking to fulfill what they believe God wants them to fulfill of the Old Testament scriptures. And it cast down the truth to the ground and practiced and prospered. Then I heard one saint speaking, and another saint said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? And he said unto me, Unto two thousand three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning. Then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Eulai, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. And he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at that, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground. But he touched me and set me upright, and he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. And the ram which thou sawest, having two horns, are the kings of Media and Persia. And the rough goat is the king of Grecia. And the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up, for it four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. That is referring to the Antichrist in the very end of time, south of Israel in this area, the area of Dubai, the city of gold most likely. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also, Shall he cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many, he shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. And we do know that the Antichrist will come against Jesus Christ, and as is described in Revelations, I believe chapter 19, that sword comes out, the sword of the spirit of the light of God comes out of the mouth of Christ and destroys the Antichrist and his armies in a moment of time, but a few seconds. They are blood totally destroyed, totally devastated, the armies of the Antichrist. But here we go now to Isaiah fourteen ten to 22. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? 
For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell into the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, and that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, and opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory every one in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with the sword that go down to the stones of the pit, as a carcass trodden under feet, thou shalt be joined with them in burial, because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evil doers shall never be renowned. And it goes on. Now I'm going to go to where hopefully I can get here. Sometimes it's not easy to get to where you want to get. But here I am in Isaiah 14. I'm not sure if it's Isaiah 14 or the other chapter, but it says in verse 4 of Isaiah 14, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how hath the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased. Remember what I said about Dubai? The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke. He that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hindereth. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee. Even all the chief ones of the earth it is raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. And I read the rest of that. What is God saying by his spirit to the body of Christ? About these two visions. Here the vision of Daniel. And the pride of the enemy. The Antichrist. Based in Babylon. Which is based in Dubai. The city of gold. That is now a center of commerce in the world. I don't fully know for sure how things will unfold, but it seems to me in the book of Revelation that this is also the Babylon described in Revelations 18. It's destroyed by the Antichrist, but the Antichrist comes out of Babylon. So that's a bit mysterious. But then it describes another Babylon later on that is not destroyed by fire, but by a mighty earthquake. So it's restored, it's rebuilt by the Antichrist, and later on it's destroyed as it describes in the book of Revelation. But the Antichrist is, is based in this area where Babylon is, known as the city of gold, a king of fierce countenance, understanding dark sentences and exalting himself against God himself. But here in 1 Corinthians chapter Eight, I believe it is, no, chapter 12. We have Paul the Apostle describing how he was caught up into paradise. 
and heard words that were not lawful to be uttered, and how even this required a great humbling in him, that people would not look up to him too highly or and that he might not fall into the danger and the deception of pride that brings with it such deception. The secret of the Lord is with those that fear him, and to them will he show his covenant. And it says concerning the fear of God in Isaiah chapter 33, that concerning the Messiah, that his treasure is the fear of the Lord. So what is the fear of the Lord? Briefly described, it is a turning from the heart and a choice from the heart to recognize God for who he truly is and reciprocate who he truly is, first of all, in the integrity of his love that will not tolerate what is contrary to love, what is corrupt, what is unholy in the slightest. This is the holiness of God. It is severe upon sin, and it's so easy when we see how he deals even with us as believers, severely putting us through trials, and we see the suffering around us, to get focused on the consequences of these things and lose sight of the goodness of his holiness, that he is that severe. It says we're to worship God in the beauty that is of holiness. Because the integrity of God's love, which is the holiness of God, though it is severe, is not to be seen and distort our perception of God out of the focus upon the consequences, but rather the focus on the goodness of God. And when we really reciprocate the goodness of God, though it may result in severity upon our own lives, that there is an unconditional faith in who God is, a reciprocation of who God is and his holiness, to be thankful in all of it and not begin to have a distorted view of God as a dictator that requires appeasement, but to see him as good so that out of a heart of love, we give our lives to him. It is then that we can reciprocate what is even greater, which is the mercy of God. And the fear of God is both that reception of who God is, first in his holiness, and then in the transcendence of his love that he always had within his being the capacity to become a, that perfect atoning sacrifice for you. To suffer more than you, a mere creature to humble himself more than you, a mere creature, so that you could choose to be forgiven and reconciled to God. This was in the being of God before the world was created. It was in the infinite past of the being of God. He always had it within him to do this, and indeed it was fulfilled in the time and creation realm. And Paul the Apostle here is glorying not in his vision, that was so amazing and wonderful and edifying that he saw of paradise and of the things that are to come. But he was glorying rather in his subjective relationship with Christ as the song we sung. For he says, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And it is in our weakness that we can know that greater grace that is dwelling within us and allow it to rise up within us out of our helplessness by not shrinking back 
in our weakness, but coming bold before the throne of grace to bring our weaknesses to him and acknowledge that we don't have the strength apart from Christ to be overcomers. We turn to him and we find our strength is not in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Christ. And we turn to him and he gives us the strength to go through great persecution of suffering, if need be, for his name's sake. God is calling the body of Christ to awaken to the soon return of Christ and also to the reality that you are soon going to be with him in heaven, as Paul experienced in 1 Corinthians 12. And as is so clearly pointed out, will happen soon as is described in Daniel chapter 8. Many of you as Christians are still even asleep as you should not be duped by the lying news media. I have on my site at ultimatemeaning.com and at loverealize.com links to the best news sources that will make you a good watchman over the nations that is not duped by the lies that are taking place in this hour. There is mass genocide that has taken place and there are literally probably now in the thousands of lawyers that are in legal action against this mass genocide that has taken place through the guise of so-called COVID-19, which was just used as a false alarm to cause many to have fear and get vaccines that now they know the ones that are highly vaccinated are dying in high numbers and the ones that are not vaccinated are not. If you've had two or more vaccines, you're in big trouble. But there are solutions in the natural, which you can look up and find on the internet, probably through the links on my website, you can get there. I can't go into the details of that right now, but I will share with you that there's a power structure seeking to take over the world at this time, but I believe God is going to break it. These conceited elites that own well over 70% of everything in the world. Klaus, you have George Soros, you have Bill Gates, you have Klaus Schwab, which is the one that has the World Economic Forum that has disciples like Trudeau and Macron and many other world leaders. And what are they talking about? Openly, they talk about, and in his book, which is called The COVID-19 Reset, Klaus Schwab clearly mentions that they must reduce the world population And he talks about reducing it down from 7 billion to 1 billion. And here they are. They do these things. They set up these things in war games that they work on. And then the very things that they work on, which have now been found, are implemented. So that we already know they've got a war game that they've played, which is called the monkeypox. And sure enough, it says in that war game, it will start in May the 16th, that was announced on May the 16th. And now that's beginning to take place. And they're going to use that as an excuse to shut down businesses, to break the world economies and cause them to have power over the masses. But God in these days is going to exalt his name above these people that are not the Antichrist. It will be the Antichrist that I described that will do this. But these conceited fools that came before the Antichrist, God is going to display his glory against them and break their power over the nations. And the gospel is going to be revealed as never before. And there's going to be a great harvest. 
And then after that, the Antichrist will come. That is what I believe will happen. I have a pretty strong, strong, clear witness from the scriptures as well that there's going to be this great harvest of souls. And Israel will be delivered from the attack from the north, from Turkey and China, mostly. Those two nations and other nations that will align with them in the last days to come against Israel. And there will be there a great deliverance as well. And when the nations see this, multitudes will come into the kingdom of God. Are you ready to be in that place of humility as a corporate body and as individuals to receive this great harvest? and to be prepared for the soon return of Jesus Christ. I'm writing a book on the evidence of life after death. And it will be out soon because I'm working on it fast because if I don't get it done, I don't know, I'm going to get through this month financially when they suddenly, for some reason, cut my GIS down by $700 when I'm already in debt and hardly able to make ends meet. But I'm trusting God. I'm not worried because I know I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. But I appreciate your support. I do have a book on the internet up there already on Amazon called God Headship and Body Invasion. If you get that book, it helps me out a lot. And it shares everything that you can do in your corporate assembly to not limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from inhabiting your, your local assembly with the fullness of his glory. Very good suggestions. They're just suggestions, and I think you'll find they would work the best to bring a mighty work of God's Spirit in your midst, to conquer your city, your community, and your nation with the gospel, and reap this mighty harvest in the last days. So thank you for listening to this message. I forgot the time at this time. I hope it wasn't too long. God bless you all.